0: Hi folks, Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your
0: brand. Oh, Mike Fata on the Rider Flex podcast. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. appreciate you being on here. Cool, cool story. I don't know if I've interviewed anybody that dropped out of school at 13. That's like Henry Ford, right? Didn't Henry Ford drop out at like 13 or something? I can't remember.
1: I think back in the day, like school was uh, people needed to start working, you know, and then that changed up a little bit. But I just went back
0: to maybe how it was, uh, you know, in older times I needed to start working. Yeah, man. Cool story. So tell me about your family uh, a little bit. Let's talk about early life, mom, dad, siblings, where you grew up, some of that stuff. Go for it. Sure. Yeah. I was born in uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario. So I'm a Canadian. Um, my mom and
1: dad split up when I was uh, two years old. And, uh, and then when I was seven, my mom, uh, moved us to Winnipeg, Manitoba. So I, uh, uh, grew up in Winnipeg and a uh, single mom. Um, we were pretty poor um, and, uh, you know, not the easiest uh, life, but uh, we had a m- lot of support from my mom. And, uh, and so we had some, uh, you know, strong family uh, values and family getting together. Uh, just, you know, she was working her butt off a couple jobs and trying to uh, better her education. She was an accountant and uh, I had a... Uh, I had a lot of uh, freedom, I guess, as a kid, uh, being a latchkey kid, taking myself to school and um, coming home, um, had an older brother, I have an older brother, and uh, uh, he was a good support uh, mechanism for me, for sure, at that time, but, um, you know, just a, uh, I'd say, a, uh, that's the, maybe the typical single mom uh, family. Okay. Is how I grew up. Yeah.
0: She didn't remarry when you
1: were young, or is she married no. now? no uh she she's passed away now uh unfortunately but uh no she didn't remarry she was uh in her words she had enough after the one relationship she had enough and just wanted to uh, focus on raising her boys and uh and working and
0: and trying to enjoy life oh man she passed away she couldn't have been that old uh, how old was she when when she passed uh she was 65 and uh yeah it's a little bit
1: of a Sad story and too cliche. She, uh, my mom. F- fortunately, I got to uh, employ my mom for the last seven years of mental Harvest and business, and uh, she was our our first or second in command in in finance as an accountant and. Uh, um and she walked the business all the way through the sale she was uh, part of the sale process but my mom being a single mom working her butt off always said I'm retiring at 65 you know and she turned 65 and uh, and we were right in the middle of this sale process and she said okay I'll stick around until we uh until we complete the sale and uh and she did she uh, she retired the day after we uh we closed the uh the, the 419 million dollar sale transaction of the business and I said to my mom my brother and i said to her you know mom what are you gonna do and she said i haven't taken more than two weeks off in the 42 years that i've been working full time so i'm going to take three weeks to decide what i'm going to do and on the 21st day uh she had a heart attack and died and uh, uh said,
0: oh my little,
1: god a little too cliche and i am i'm a big believer and you got to keep doing uh, what your what your passion and your purpose is in life because if you if you stop you know, you can ultimately stop. And, and that's what what's
0: I'm so sorry, man. That is a tragic story. Uh, and a good reminder for the listeners to, uh, it is important to hustle and work hard, but you gotta, you gotta make sure you take time off and enjoy life and follow, follow some hobbies and passions because you just never know. You just never know. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I turned 55 this year and I, I know so many people as I get older, you hear those stories, right? You hear those stories about, you know, this person's in great shape and boom, they got XYZ and then they're dead a month later or whatever. And boy, the older I get, I try really hard to enjoy life as much as possible while while I'm healthy enough to do so. So man, I'm sorry to hear that about your mother. Wow. Okay. Were you close to your dad? Uh, not for the early years of life. I think the,
1: the, the relationship really started in my uh, in my twenties, kind of um, as adults or or as uh, you know, adult to adult, instead of uh, more the father son relationship. And and uh, and over the last twenty years, we've developed a a good relationship. Um, he still lives in Thunder Bay, so you know it's like five hundred miles away. Uh, so we see each other several times a year and and talk. But uh, you know, nowhere nowhere near the relationship of uh, uh, you know of the uh, of my mom that raised me
0: understood did he remarry and have kids he did Yep. Yeah. so i have a uh, half brother and uh, and half sister uh and okay. uh, have, a, have a have
1: a good relationship with them as well
0: well that's good were you uh, uh since you know a lot of guys that grew up in single mom homes they get in trouble when they're teenagers they kind of you know they, they're little rebels uh, tell me about it were you, were you super wild were you party man were you getting arrested what, what what's going on with you when you're a teenager
1: you know, I, I uh, so when I was 13, I had enough of school. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was a I went from being a smart kid in school to getting in trouble in school because I had too much time on my hands. So by the time I was in grade seven and grade eight, I had a, a full time desk out in the hallway and I was hanging out in the principal's <laughs> office. But I, I, was still getting, I was still getting like A's in, in, in school. And so um, you know, by the time high school came around, um, which is a, a big social club, and I was already overweight, which is, you know, kind of nerdy overweight kid, which played into uh, not enjoying school. And so I, I told my mom, I don't want to go to school anymore. And, and she said, well, if you, you can start working instead of going to school, and I said, done. That sounds like a great deal. And so, you know, I left school at 13 and and, uh, and, and by 14, I was working, uh, uh, you know, on and off but full time uh, and a number of different jobs, including construction, doing a bunch of uh, construction work. And, and so, you know, I, I, I I generally stayed out of trouble, but I, I, uh, like, you know understood more of like how the world was working from the street view instead of from the school view uh,
0: did your did your dad get involved did your dad call and say what the hell like no you can't just quit school was there any was he involved in that decision at all no no
1: no and because we really you know at that point in my life i was probably seeing my dad once a year or something and and uh, he didn't have any influence uh, with my with my mom uh you know the uh yeah. It, so he, he, it, it was nothing for him to say really.
0: Uh, wow. And, uh, wow. Yeah. and when you, when, when you say overweight, like what, give me, I'm trying to visualize. So yeah, well, so- I, 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 you know, I,
1: I, uh my, my heaviest weight was, uh, was over 300 pounds when I was 18 years old. So it's kind of started. 300
0: at, pounds. How yeah. tall are you? How tall are you?
1: I'm six feet. Um, and so it started, you know, I, 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 I was a chubby kid. Uh We weren't, educated about health and ate you know processed food you know hamburger helper and kind of you know pasta and low-cost oh, kind of food sing, sing, single mom kind of food and yep. uh and and was i just remember you know mcdonald's set up right beside my school and we had hamburger day and hot dog day and next thing you know i was i was you know eating too much fast food and uh and i had an accident where i i uh i broke uh, both bones in my leg when i was 13 Ooh. and Ooh. i had had a had a pretty uh, you know it set me back and and from 13 to 18 I kind of ballooned up from you know 200 pounds to 300 pounds and uh, and I was I was obese obese I was but overweight. you were
0: working you were working though you weren't just laying around the house no no I was working yeah I was working but I was
1: working and eating fast food and and uh, you know it uh, um, you know smoking cigarettes I smoked cigarettes for <laughs> uh, like eight years uh, from when did, or, did you, or, you start when you were 13 14 you started smoking. No, I started smoking when I was 11, turning 12, which I realized. Yeah, I never knew that. Uh, I, I thought, you know, a, a friend uh, bought a pack of cigarettes, and we thought it was cool. To go down by the uh, the river and smoke <laughs> cigarettes and drink soda and eat chips or whatever. And then, and then I was addicted. And uh, yeah, all the years that I work construction stuff, most people who work construction were smoking cigarettes. And oh yeah, yeah. And so I don't. Then I was just I was lazy, even though I was working. I was always feeling kind of tired and and sick and tired. And then the, and that's what happened. One day I became sick and tired of being sick and tired and i was like gonna, gonna do something about this and uh, and at 18 i started my my health journey that i've been on for the last 25 years
0: wow fascinating that you were an overweight kid fast food smoking cigarettes dropped out of school now if you just think about that if you just let that sink in you're like hey, here's a 16 year old kid he's overweight he's smoking cigarettes he's lazy a little bit he's you know like this kid's gonna be nothing like this kid's going nowhere that's what that's what you know if you were in uh, vegas and- <laughs> that's what all the, that's what every, that's what everyone was saying.
1: you know, even even unfortunately, uh, some people in my you know extended family, my mom always believed in me. But uh, yeah, I think the cards were kind of stacked and that's why I, I like to put myself out there nowadays to show people that mm. unconventional paths lead to success you know it, mm. it, it, uh, the human the human body is is amazing at healing itself people can go through traumas and 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 uh, and grow from that and 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 really find their path and and i and i did find my path and i, I believe that uh, it's possible for everybody
0: did you any drugs involved heavy drugs coke marijuana acid I mean, I, I,
1: yeah i've been i've been uh you know cannabis was a big part of my life from when i was young and I, and i both a medicinal a consumer and a recreational consumer and i've i've done psychedelic drugs never any of the hard drugs thankfully it just you know but mushrooms and stuff i i feel like those uh those um, gave me a different view of just besides partying. I think nowadays we realize that, you know, psychedelic mushrooms have medicinal uh, effects to them as well. And so I wasn't really thinking that back when I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, but. Uh, it definitely <laughs> had, had right.
0: uh, are you microdoser now for mushrooms? Like now, can you share that? Or, or done, no? I've, I've
1: done that before. I've actually been involved. One of my portfolio companies uh, is in uh, mushroom psychedelic research, uh, clinical research to develop uh, pharmaceutical uh, drugs off of uh off of psilocybin mushrooms and so I'm, I'm a big believer in in mushrooms uh i've learned a lot about it over the last five years uh both from the functional uh food side of mushrooms and but but also the uh the, the medicinal um and i've done microdosing uh, um probably you know 10 years ago or something but okay. uh, i
0: don't not not on the uh, it's not part of my regular lifestyle when you were uh Going from 15 to 18, no, no arrests, no, no, no major trouble. No, didn't get, get cops or have to call mom from the sheriff's office.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was there was a couple times, but it was uh, it was more of the people that I was hanging out with and and less about me. But uh, you know, uh, got myself into a little bit of trouble just by association, and uh, thankfully that never led to a criminal record or anything like that. And and then and then when I grew up, I was like, hey, I shouldn't be hanging out with uh, with that
0: crew. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, uh, any of the, those any of those people call you now and be like holy shit bro you're you're a millionaire you sold companies Is there any of those people in your life now where you're you're they're no. not they're not in my life no i i you know when i um
1: when i uh when i lost the weight when i went from 300 pounds down to 180 lost over 100 pounds I just looked, uh, I just looked totally different. So no one, no one uh, would even know me if they saw me. (laughs) It was kind of a, it was kind of a full refresh on life that I got. And and I got, you know, really into the, into the healthy lifestyle space and and then health food space uh, with our business. And, and uh, yeah, so I didn't, haven't, you know, there's been no reunions or I guess maybe that's part of dropping out of school and not having a, you know, not having a high school or university reunion. I just don't see any of those, uh, see any of those people anymore.
0: What was the trigger on the health you said you got tired of being uh you know hey, you got tired, tired of being, being tired. yeah what what happened was was and Yeah and
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. my my brother you know I was fortunate to have a brother 4
1: years older than me that uh, he was a little bit chubby you know when we were growing up but he started working out and and uh, going to the gym and and really like bodybuilding and so you know I saw um you know him, how he his lifestyle and his friends and I was like I, I want to I want to get in good shape. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. You know, I, I, I don't want to feel like shit anymore. Um, at the same time, when I was 18, you know, I, uh, I wanted a, uh, a girlfriend that wasn't uh, a friend. Uh, so I think there was a, that was a, also a motivator and, um, just kicked it off. And once I kicked it off and started to change my diet and, uh, and go and work out, I, I, I got uh, addicted to feeling good. I never knew that I could feel so good when I was feeling that shitty. You know, I think a lot of people maybe experience that. If you feel bad, you don't know how, feeling good is actually
0: until you make some of those changes. It's true, right? That's so true. Uh, by the way, I mean from 300 to 180, I mean that is a major accomplishment. You know, when you think back, you know, about your life and all the things you've done with these with these company exits and everything. Losing that weight, that was that was a major turning point for you just for so many things. Right? That was a major accomplishment um congratulations on doing that did you just cut out did you uh just cut out no more mcdonald's and by the way when's the last time you had a cheeseburger or a pizza <laughs>
1: <laughs> well pizza i'm italian so pizza i like but healthier pizza but uh, you know fast food you know it's really about the chemicals that i try to avoid chemicals in in my food mm. because you know Uh, I've been trained enough in the natural products and organic products industry to know that uh, it's not—it's not about eating a cheeseburger. It's about you know you make a cheeseburger, a good quality one, and it has like 20 ingredients in it. Uh, You you go buy one from one of the fast food chains; it has like 150 ingredients in it, and and half of them you wouldn't even be able to pronounce because they're chemicals in your food, and those those have an impact on your on your on your body at a cellular level, and so. Just stay away. But to answer your question, uh, I think my 25th birthday, um, uh, we were out uh, uh, partying and having drinks. At the end of the night, I was like, we went to McDonald's and and uh, and I, I ate a McGriddle, I think, which was a new product at that time, and, and I just got sick. I was sick for two days afterwards. <laughs> exactly why I don't eat that crap. Uh, uh,
0: uh, why? By the way, why why does the hamburger that I make at home on my grill, why is that? Uh, healthier than the hamburger at McDonald's. Why? What? what yeah. What's? You
1: know, if you if you look at, and 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 now they've they didn't have to do it before, but now all those companies, McDonald's and Burger King and all them have to put their ingredient list on on their website uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and their calorie content and stuff. But if you look at the ingredients in a, if you, if you say a hamburger you make at home and you go and buy beef or or chicken or turkey whatever you're going to make your pasta usually you got you got one ingredient in there or maybe you're going to put a little egg or 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 something in it but you know if you go in in, in uh in the sauces and in the bread and in the and in the cheese and and stuff there's 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 literally hundreds of chemicals like mm-hmm. I, I looked it up the other day because my uh one of my kids wanted to uh, to go and have a uh, an aw teen burger and and uh, <laughs> so, how many ingredients do you think are in there you know and they're like I don't know, like 15. And I was like, oh, let's go and look. And it was 125 ingredients, you know, and, and preservatives and additives wow. and food colorings and agents. And, and there's, a, there's enough medical, you know, there's, there's enough research to show that that messes with you. And, uh, and different people, it messes with you, um, you know, at different levels. But, uh, um, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of people that have gone down my path and, and healed themselves just by going to a, a natural food diet. Just avoid, avoid chemicals in your diet, avoid chemicals in your lifestyle.
0: Mm. so you married kids
1: i'm divorced and uh yeah i do have uh i do have kids yeah
0: how old are you, how old are your kids single dad half the time uh 12 and 10 oh 12 about to hit teenagers oh man you, you're about to hit the the, the fun time <laughs> yeah. now now the 12 year old is that girl or boy A boy does he know that you dropped out of school at 13 <laughs> yeah yeah. And we talk about it
1: openly, you know, it's a uh, um, big believer in them following their passions and, and, uh, and doing what they're really interested in, not, uh, not um, memorizing and regurgitating things at school, you know, I think, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big believer that if you're, if you're focused on life of the things that you really enjoy, um, and that's different for everybody, right, where people are like snowflakes, everyone's different, but if you, if you want to play soccer uh, all day long, and your desire is to play soccer, if you learn the world through your passion of soccer, you could be the best soccer player in the world, you know, same thing would be true if you're, if you're into music, same thing would be true if you're into art, and the same thing would be true if you're, if you if you want to write novels for a living. So, you know, I, I think uh, going and, and kind of memorizing things were never really worked, uh, especially in nowadays that you can anything that you want to learn. Uh, you can just go to the Google machine, uh, and, and, and learn exactly what you need to do. And I find myself even doing that. If I want to, I need to learn how to clean the, uh, the air conditioner or something, I'll go and watch the video on YouTube and, uh, and, you, and you can learn anything you need to learn. So, you know, what are you really passionate about? What do you want to do? What drives you every day? I think that's how you're going to make the biggest impact, um, you know, on your own personal life, but, uh, also on this planet. And, uh, and I feel very, and maybe people talk about the why that's, that's your why, you know, and people want to find their why I feel very fortunate and grateful that I found my why for health uh, when I was 18 years old. And that's, that's given me everything in life. So I, I, I want that for, you know, my kids, I want that for, uh, for everyone, you know, and just showing them that there's a,
0: there's a path way there. I hear you saying that if your son decides to drop out of school, you'll, you'll, you'll probably, you're not going to stop him.
1: Yeah. He's been homeschooled. So he, he he's, he's on his own education path and, uh. Uh and yeah uh, it's you know i uh I, I i look forward to the day when whenever he, whatever direction he wants to go you know and he's clear on that if you want if you want to go to university and some things you need to you know if you want to be a doctor you want to be a lawyer That's true, uh, right? you want to yep. be if, if you want to be an entrepreneur um i could tell you as this entrepreneur school's probably not going to serve you well <laughs> you know it, 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 it uh, you, you get more uh, you get less risk tolerant and you learn you just how hard business is that way and uh, Whereas if you just go out and start doing it, uh, if you like, uh, you know, if you like lemonade, you start making a great lemonade at a farmer's market. You could turn it into a bottled product. You could put it into a couple of stores. You could put it into 100 stores. You could put it to 500 stores, and and have a lifelong journey uh, selling uh, selling fresh lemonade. You know, and and if that's your desire and passion, I think you're gonna win like that. And I see a lot of, I see a lot of entrepreneurs, and I help a lot of entrepreneurs that are in in our space in the natural products industry that are doing just that, you know, they, they changed their diet, they changed their lifestyle. They had a, they had a moment, they had a journey, they, they created a great product and, and, uh, and, and they started small and now they're, you know, a lot of them are, are creating a bunch of success that way.
0: I heard you mention divorce. And when you, when you mentioned it, I could see the pain on your face. Uh, you know, I've been through one myself, so I know it sucks. Um, so how long has that been and are you free and single and you got girlfriends that you, you're on the date. are you are you available are you on the market mike so we can tell the tell the girls watching that they can ping you on linkedin <laughs> yeah
1: no, so I, you know i had a uh i had a triple grieving pro it's been three years but uh, you know we we sold the business uh my 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 ex and i just decided it was time to be uh, to separate and be good co-parents to our kids and my mom died all within uh mm. four weeks mm. of each other so mm. it was a uh, it was, it, mm. it, was very, it was a very challenging time for me as as you kind of stack each one of those uh it, transitionary times in life is, a, is there's a grieving that goes along with it I, I just found that it was a triple grieving because I didn't I didn't have the family uh uh that I built I didn't have the business that I built and I didn't have my extended family and mom relationship and uh, and so I kind of became a uh a monk you know for six months i stayed home and i you know lived a simple day and uh, and was focusing on my health and my uh and and you know getting myself back up and having capacity and having interest to attack life again uh business and personal relationships but uh um yeah i'm uh I, I, i'm in a relationship now so i'm i'm, uh, I'm not uh i'm not single but uh, uh people could still ping me on linkedin because i like to connect <laughs>
0: people, generally connect with people I, your your girlfriend I, um, your your girlfriend just heard you say, "Well, I'm dating somebody," but
1: I like I like building relationships, and relationships are are uh, uh, and relationships. And, uh, I think um, I think I think LinkedIn's a little safer. It's not uh, you know it's not it's not uh, Tinder <laughs> or Bumble or one of those dating apps.
0: Right, right. Uh, what was your dark? You had some. What was your darkest moment? Were you um you know did you did you dive down into some severe depression did you have to see any did you see anybody did you get help or or you know i'm just wondering how dark it got i know and the reason i'm asking that question cuz I, I went through a very similar situation my mom didn't pass away at the same time i got divorced but it's uh there's some dark moments in there especially when you got little kids right when you got smaller kids it's it's super ass hard um yeah i you know i it, for sure it was it, it I, I just felt like i I lost
1: interest in in the things that I normally had interest in. So I, I kind of had, I went down to having zero capacity, zero capacity for stress, zero capacity for interest for, you know, being out and being social, being in, in uh, doing sport, doing some of the things that I like. Fortunately for me, you know, I'm a uh, entrepreneur made into a CEO by growing a, a large business. So I, I follow process. So I, I had already been, you know, therapy has been a, a part of my life for over a decade. Oh, okay. I, I think about I think about mental therapy the same as going to the gym. I've gone to the gym for a long time. I think working through emotional trauma and working through things with a, with a therapist has been very helpful for me. So when when those when that tr- kind of those three episodes came together, uh, especially my mom's death, which was you know uh, was was a big the biggest part of it actually. Um, you know, I, I decided to go and see a grief counselor and and just work through the thoughts and uh, and feelings that I was having. So for several months. Uh, I did that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I'm a big believer in therapy. I, I, I put it out there cause I think less nowadays, but there still is a stigma around therapy. Some people think you're like, Oh, you gotta go to therapy. There's something wrong with you. That's like saying, Oh, you're overweight. There's something wrong. You know, hey, you want to go to the gym, there's something wrong with you. No, you just, you want to get in better shape, you know? And, and, uh, and so therapy is the, uh, I, I found it as a, as a great tool for, uh, for personal growth.
0: Okay. Very good. I appreciate you sharing that, uh, with the audience you mentioned, uh, the divorce, your mom dying and selling the business kind of the triple whammy. The one thing you could also add in there is I'm sure that whatever you made off of selling the business, half of that went to the ex-wife. So you had to write a check for that too. So that was also painful.
1: <laughs> yeah. No,
0: I don't think about it like that. You know, my,
1: uh, it's, it's the mother of my children. So, and we had a great relationship and we built a lot of things together. So I, uh, um, I'm not a bitter person, and uh, I think we were we were very uh, amicable uh, in our separation. Um, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's
0: good. That's good. Hopefully, you don't have. Uh, I know a guy. I got a buddy of mine in Florida. Um, same thing. Had a had a couple of businesses. Um, sold them. Made made a bunch of money. Wife divorced him, and uh, for whatever reason in Florida, if you're married for a certain amount of time, it's it's alimony for life unless he gets remarried and uh, he's like yeah bro i'm writing this check for this amount every month for life and i said really is that i didn't know it worked like that that's that's painful <laughs> uh, but uh so so tell me um you, you 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 start off with what what was the very first I guess talk to us about the first business that exited uh, successfully. What was that?
1: Yeah, well, Manitoba Harvest was my uh, was my baby. It was the business I started in in, uh, in two thousand and one, the hemp food business. Uh, so we we're making hemp hearts and hemp protein. And uh, two thousand and one,
0: that was way early. Just for the listener, didn't mean to interrupt you there, Mike. But just for clarity, right now we're recording this on May twenty fourth, twenty twenty two, and when you say the word hemp and hemp foods it's a lot more common, but just for the listeners, let that sink in 2001. Yeah. Like I actually, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking there for a second but we actually started the business in 1998.
1: So, uh, yeah, oh. I, I was anyway, uh, yeah, we got hemp legal in Canada in 1998, uh, and started the first one of the first hemp food companies. Um, and, uh, and we grew that business to a hundred million dollar business over 20 wow. years. Wow. Um, it was, uh, it took everything I had, more 100-hour work weeks than, uh, than, than you know, that basically taking probably a 40-year career and, and putting it into 20 years is, is what I did. Uh, but we built a lot of success, uh, built a great business, and, uh, and we had the opportunity to, uh, to sell that business. Uh, we sold it actually twice, uh, bringing in first a majority uh, new uh, private equity sponsor partner um, and, uh, in 2015. And then, and then we had a full sale of the business
0: in, in 2019. Congratulations. When you started the business, was it bootstrapped? Did, did you have some money from friends? Did your mom help? How, how did you get started? If you don't mind? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I would say bootstrapped, but,
1: uh, you know, the, between there was two, there was three co-founders, uh, myself and two other, two, two other friends and, and, uh, and we didn't have a lot of money so i think we put in ten thousand dollars each to start the business and then and then went out from there to uh to f- some friends and family so my mom did invest uh you know she didn't have a lot of money even at that point in uh, when we started the business uh, but she put in five thousand dollars which was uh great uh uh and so we we did um we did raise money uh several times for the uh the business um, because we were in the uh you know manufacturing so we, we were buying oil presses and equipment, uh, to make the, the food products, which is, which was pre- pretty capital intensive. And, and none of us had, uh, none of us had money. Uh, but there was, uh, you know, I had enough besides putting the money in to start the business, I had enough savings that, uh, you know, I worked the first two years without, uh, without a paycheck uh, from the business. Wow. So okay. Well, I helpful. appreciate,
0: appreciate yeah. you sharing that. So that's a good tip for the listeners. Any aspiring entrepreneurs first two years, not only did you put a little money in but you didn't take a salary the first couple of years which is more common than 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 the listeners might think yeah.
1: no i think so. i think it's you know 18, 18 months 18 to 24 months is kind of the is kind of the normal so people that are thinking mm-hmm. about starting a business don't go start a business if you, if you don't have enough uh, dollars in your bank or resources or uh you know for for your rent for next month or or three months it's it's good to have that cushion uh even if it's a small cushion you know, we were Eating mac and cheese and ramen and stuff at that time. It wasn't
0: how did you decide uh with your three with your co-founders, how'd they decide you were gonna be the CEO because it was your idea, you were the kind of the lead on it, and it's curious. Yeah, you know,
1: I they um Martin and Alex were both in business together before and they were they were ten years older than me and and uh and they had a hemp store. Um and so they were they were hemp advocates they they, they were the really the, the power that were lobbying the government to legalize hemp and I guess I was the um, I was the young gun uh, coming in I was super passionate about hemp from the from uh, the health and nutrition side uh, because I learned that hemp seed was a really good source of of essential fatty acids and plant-based proteins so I, I had maybe more energy uh, maybe more excitement and uh, um, and so um, when we got together, you know, I, I just kind of naturally raised into the uh, to the leadership position.
0: Where was it for the listeners? Did you set up your cap table a third, a third, and a third, or who had control who had control? Yeah, well,
1: yeah, no, originally was yeah originally it was the three of us, and it was it was a, a third each, and then as we started to uh, raise capital, it uh, it diluted from there, and um, both actually both of them left the business, um, uh, you know, much earlier. They they, they left in 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 two thousand 2009 2010 um was that after the first pe firm got involved is that when they left or well, before before no so before it was it was actually when we had uh, you know we raised uh, venture capital um and and for both of them it just it became uh, uh too formal for them i guess is is the right thing and, I,
0: I can see that No, that's a that's a good another good tip for the listeners you start taking money from people and they're gonna it gets a little more yep a little more formal. yeah, had, it
1: formalized you know board of directors and a reporting yep. structure for the senior management yep. team and uh, and maybe less fun for them doing that i was i was you know that's why i say i'm a born entrepreneur but a made ceo I, I was learning as an executive and a ceo through all that and i became really yes. interested in it. I, I wanted to grow personally into that space and and uh uh, but But there was a uh, inflection point there, and they, they both left the business.
0: Uh, do you mind me asking this? Did they take their money and run or did they leave their equity in?
1: they had they thankfully um, the business gave them the opportunity to leave the capital in so they they left it in until uh, and so they they, they 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 left the business from a management standpoint and 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 then formally exited the business when we uh, uh, when we brought private equity in in two thousand
0: okay okay, very good. When you brought the private equity in um that's when you officially you i guess that's when you officially lost control ultimate control in case whatever happened and now you got a pe firm telling you what to i'm not saying they told you what to do but i mean voting control that's when you went that's the first time you lost that how was that for you do you have any advice for the listeners was that tough was it easy what what would you say for the listeners
1: um yeah, it was definitely a transitionary time. I think, you know, I, uh, I had a pretty big liquidity event for me personally, so I personally felt good that I had my, um, I see. I see. my, my, my future was, I had a bunch of opportunity, um, but the pressure was on in the, uh, in the business for sure um, uh, with, with uh, a new controlling partner. You know the 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 uh, right after the, the sale, it was really exciting. We, you know, we we used the private equity uh, uh, resources. It was a billion dollar fund, and we used some of their resources for the company to buy our biggest competitor, uh, which was uh-huh. a 40, $42 two million dollar transaction. We bought our biggest competitor, Hemp Oil Canada we merged both of those companies together there's two manufacturing facilities and a team of about 200 people and so i was as ceo i was really excited you know that those those are i'd never done a uh an acquisition of that size and uh uh and so um that that occupied a good year after uh after we had the the, the sale and then uh, and then and then from there it, it uh it felt like a grind to me it, it changed from you know after being in business for 18 19 years um of not feeling like work even though i no. did a, a tremendous amount of 100 hour work weeks it didn't feel like work to me it felt like I was following my passion it started to feel like work and and uh and and there was a decision mutual decision to uh to bring in a CEO and and uh, and I retreated to uh, to the board of directors and so I was a director
0: and a shareholder for the last uh, two years in the business and heavily involved when they sold this last time in 2019 I'm guessing yeah, I, 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 um,
1: I had met the, uh, the CEO of Tilray, who acquired the company, uh, Brendan Kennedy, um, and, uh, and introduced him to our CEO and tried to kick off the, uh, just the timing was right for that. And so I, I, I saw the timing was right, I knew the parties and,
0: and, and helped to facilitate the deal. And another big win for you financially, personally, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that was the... Uh, um,
1: the second nine-figure exit, uh, which you know uh, every entrepreneur uh, dreams of that kind of stuff. I think of it in like a sports analogy. It was like I, I lifted the uh, the Stanley Cup or Super Bowl over my head there. <laughs> couple times. And, uh, and, and, um, you know, so as much as there was a grieving process of leaving the business, I, I, I knew that I, I, I it gave me the full ability to transition into what's next for, for me and for my entrepreneur journey.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about what's next now. Um, but before I do that, what a great, what a great learning story. I mean, there's so many different things that happened as the company grew Went through taking on cash, learning how to deal with a PE firm, taking it through a transaction, learning learning on the fly how to be a CEO of a scaling company. I mean, so many things there that you learned that now you can share with others. Uh, you know, based on what you went through. One of the, I mean, it's impressive to build a business and sell it for what you did. That's impressive. What I'm really impressed with impressed with is two things you can tell that you love to learn and experience new things that that's that does it for you I can just tell by talking to you that the the excitement around oh okay now we get to do this and I've never done that before all right cool I want to bite into that you're very passionate about that and I think that is a a a telltale sign for a great uh, leader and CEO is they want to learn they don't they don't go through their day acting like they know everything they they want to learn. They love the new experiences. They love the growth. And I can just tell you're passionate about that. But, but the other thing I wanted to compliment you on is the fact that you lasted as long as you did through all those changes, the fact that you uh, didn't leave sooner, right? Most CEOs, of a, most founders of a very small business, um, when they start scaling or they start taking on some early cash, they usually move out of the way and somebody else takes over sooner. You lasted a long time, even after the PE firm bought it, they kept you in charge for a while. That, that's pretty impressive. That speaks to your ability to just build relationships, work relationships, handle people, personality, style, situations. Nice job. Really, really nice job. I yeah, appreciate it. No, and I'll just say, you know, for your listeners, like it, it's all about personal
1: growth. And I think what teed me up for personal growth, uh, my health and lifestyle changes were a big part of it. I was just used to changing and, and uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a religious person, but I, I do like some of the Buddhist uh, mentality of let yesterday die and be the change today. And when you're going through rapid business growth or any, anything, lifestyle uh, life, you know, growth in life, you need to grow personally. That's that's the only way. If you stop growing, you're you're, you're done. And uh, and so I do have a, a strong interest in growth, and 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 I continue even today. I. I I think about entrepreneurship um, at, like a professional athlete. You need to personally grow, and then you need to get better at your your skill and your trade, your craft, like on a daily basis. You need to have a passion and interest to do that. and And uh, and, and I, I know that I have that spark. Twenty five years later, I still have the spark, and I and I want to put that spark and help others
0: pe- people find their spark or see their spark. And that's what you're doing now. Talk to us about that a little bit. Um, how are you contributing back? What are you doing? How can people reach you? Talk to us a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, I um, I wanted to retire to come out of retirement, so I I did that. You know, I spent six months or nine months doing nothing and healing myself from the grieving of, of the business. But uh, you know, on the and envisioning what I wanted life to be like on the other side, I'm still a recovering entrepreneur, uh, growing a business uh, over 25 years is is, is not. Easy. And so I'm not. I wasn't set out to go and start another company, um, but I wanted to be involved in in other businesses. So. I have now uh, nine companies in my portfolio, uh, actually eight. We just sold uh, one of them, uh, another nine-figure uh, exit uh, earlier this year. Very thankful for that, Soul Cuisine. Uh, uh, but I have eight companies in my portfolio that are all in the, the natural and organic uh, uh, food uh, space, the natural products industry, and uh, and I support those entrepreneurs by you know, investing in them, uh, mentoring and coaching them, sometimes playing a role as an advisor or, uh, on their board of directors. And, and, uh, and that's how I, um, you know, stay actively involved in our industry from a, from a business and investment standpoint, but I also do a lot with mentorship. Uh, I believe, and I, I grew my, myself personally and, and was successful in business by giving back. I'm a big believer in giving back to win. Uh, some people call it paying it forward, um, and uh, and so I, I do a lot with mentorship. I've had over a thousand conversations in the last uh, two and a half years uh, with entrepreneurs, mostly in the natural products industry, uh, and just trying to understand where they are in business. Uh, some of them are just starting out, some of them are a couple hundred thousand dollars in sales, some of them a couple million dollars in sales, some of them in the tens of millions of dollars of sales. Uh, and what challenges they're facing, and, and, then, and then giving them some advice of what I would do if I was in their situation. So one-on-one mentorship like that. Uh, also, uh, some more, you know, more, I'd call it mass mentorship uh, uh, tools. I've, I've launched the Founder to Mentor podcast where I'm um, interviewing uh, world-class uh, founders that, uh, that uh, can inspire people's personal and professional growth. Uh, and then Greg Fleischman and I uh, started the what is now uh which is our free um, startup toolbox and basically giving all of our tools, forms and templates that we use to grow our business um, uh, in a self-serve model. You can go to the website, sign up and, and get access to investor lists and, uh, investor presentation templates and, and HR documents and uh, sales and marketing and forecasting and template tools, and just the whole smorgasbord of, of things that uh, any entrepreneur needs to grow their business. So that's, that's, uh, and I feel like I'm, I've just, just started with those, uh, give back projects. I, I could spend the rest of my life doing that because it really fires me up.
0: So no, there's no profit plan, no revenue pa- plan for, for uh, Fata Fleischmann at all? It's just a it's just a tool, uh, a free service to give back, and you know, there's no there's no yeah, it, it,
1: there's no there's no there's no commercialization there, Steve. And 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 two things. One, you know, it's it started naturally and organically. I, I, it, Greg and I were both talking to founders and and mentoring them on the regular basis, and we'd say, oh they ask like oh do you have an org chart uh template and I say yeah i have yes. one of those let, let me let me email it to email it to you oh i i have a i have a uh, uh operating uh, agreement you yeah an agreement and let me email that to you and, and after a bunch of while like i said i said to greg why don't we create this as a self-serve model it started out as a dropbox file that we sent out to people that had all the files and we just we just printed it up to a website but it's free there's no there's it's not a marketing or sales funnel it's a it's our give back we're kind of also besides we were just giving it out to people anyway frustrated with people that are going out and selling entrepreneurs access to uh uh, to to similar tools uh and charging them when Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs don't need to pay for that i think i think that you you need uh, you need uh, those are those are mentorship uh tools and
0: uh love it um, i love that man i love that for the listeners dot org, And uh, we'll make sure we put a link to that in the episode. I, I hey, that's that's an awesome tool. We just like you, we interview uh, startup founders and so forth on the RiderFlex podcast so often. Same thing. They'll call me. Hey, operating agreement, what do, we, do you have a template, unit agreement? Whatever, right? Just, you name it. They're, they're always asking for something, and I think it's great that you guys have put that uh, put that tool out. And who is Fleischman is that a buddy of yours was he a yeah, co-founder Greg, yeah Greg, yeah Greg Fleischman is uh he, he's a
1: natural products industry veteran he's been involved and helped to 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 fund and grow uh and exit a number of businesses in the uh, in the space okay. the kind of last okay. one Lily Sweets uh he was a part of Chameleon Cold Brew uh so he've ha- he's had some uh some, some major wins and and uh and is just a great guy and 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 loves to give back as well some
0: that's that's awesome okay very good yeah. Yeah, we launched sure.
1: that uh, about a year ago, and it's already been uh, 10,000 entrepreneurs have accessed the toolbox. It was written up in
0: Forbes. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a great, uh, it's a great resource. We want more people to know about it. And your podcast is Founder to Mentor, okay, by Mike Fata, Founder to Mentor, and you can find it on Spotify or Anchor, yeah. or wherever, right? Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very, very good. How many episodes so far?
1: Uh, we we're, uh, we're coming on twenty, um, so nice. it's uh, nice. yeah and uh, uh, yeah just some great learnings there of personal growth, business growth, stories from uh, from leaders in the natural products industry. Some um, and and what respect. about your
0: what about your portfolio or your fund? Is there a name for your fund, or is there a place where people can go and send you pitch decks because they want you to invest? Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: it's, uh, it's, it's not a fund. It's myself and it's my it's a family investment. Uh, So the uh, it's fat, fat and associates is the uh, is the corporate entity. But if if entrepreneurs want to connect, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, I think it's great business tool for for founders and entrepreneurs, if they're not already active, they should be active on LinkedIn, but you can ping me on LinkedIn is the best way to, uh, to get me.
0: Okay. Very good. All right. So that's a family family office, so to speak, if that's how you had to describe it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Okay. Thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, speaking of LinkedIn, yeah, very. You you are very active on social media overall, by the way. So great job. Uh, you do a good job well, of. I, that's that's new. That's new, Steve. I I I, I didn't start
1: social media. Until two years ago, so I was always, uh, you know, as an introvert, I was doing enough in business and and doing you know brand work and and customer uh, sales calls and PR and stuff. That when I was at the end of the day, I, I didn't I didn't want to be on social media, and it was really you know part of the pandemic when everything shut down. I was like, I, I, mm. and, there, and we didn't have our trade shows to go to. I wanted to connect with friends and and other people see. and see what's new. So I, I took to LinkedIn, and over the last two years, just sharing some of my personal stories and and know have grown a pretty big community and and uh, and uh and i've seen the success that entrepreneurs are creating by putting themselves out there so um I, I think it's a time of personal brands i think if you're if you're an entrepreneur um the best thing you could do is is to uh, to create a personal brand to complement your business and and uh and and uh social platforms like linkedin are, are perfect for that
0: Couldn't agree more. Great tip for the listeners. We got 23,000 followers on LinkedIn, which is nice. Let me ask you this. Uh, Because you just said how important social media is to build your own personal brand, what are your thoughts on CEOs and founders speaking out on social media about hot topics or political topics or making statements or taking sides on on things, you know, kind of outside of their business zone, whatever the hot topic is of the month in there? And they're screaming about something on social media what are your thoughts there
1: you know i'm not a big fan of politics in general i know i know it's it's part of this world that we live in but i I, um i um i think as as it relates to social media like um if you want your personal brand to be known as uh as 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 the as the the guy or gal that that always weighs in and and has a has a view I, i think you know, maybe that can work, but for the majority of people, that's not going to work. I think pick your lane on uh, things that are important to you. Um, I'll use the example of, you know, someone in the natural products industry, like you're going to one of your things you're going to talk about is your business. But the other thing you could talk about is is your own personal passion for maybe it's working out, maybe it's being a single dad, maybe it's being, a, uh, you know, someone that loves camping in the outdoors, like personalize what, what you're about, because we're living in the time of, uh, People want to understand the, the company and the people that they're dealing with. Also, yes. and I see it, it works really well for entrepreneurs, is is document the story of, of your own personal growth mm-hmm. and the business growth and share some of that. Too many people, and, and on average, say, oh, I don't have an interesting story. Who am I? I'm I'm, I'm just from wherever i'm from oklahoma or i'm from saskatchewan and and uh, and I'm, I'm 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 we're growing uh we're, we're growing chickpeas and we're selling that product we you know what people are interested in that they want to understand how does that work you know and what's your challenges in life and how are you growing like and uh, it's it's you know it's no wonder that over the last ten or twenty years, reality TV became the the hottest thing in television, but it's the same thing that, that that's what the opportunity is in social media for entrepreneurs. So I would go about it that way and sharing about yourself and sharing why you're doing it and sharing about your growth trials and tribulations before kind of getting into uh, any of the news or or
0: political cycle and 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 weighing in on that. Great advice, Mike. really great advice. You're right. People want to know the human side of it. They really do. They want, they want to know that, right? I mean, yeah, they want to know about your business, but they want to know like, well, who is that CEO? What, what, how's, what's their story? I always uh, use the uh, Brett Favre analogy. And when I, when I talk to people, I say, listen, here's the analogy I want to use or the, or the example I want to use. Uh, I saw a special about Brett Favre uh, years and years ago and, uh, there's only one thing I remember from the interview. The one thing I remember is when he said, I was so addicted to painkillers. I was taking eight Vicodin at a time. And I remember th- that just stuck with me. I'm like, Holy shit. Okay. Wow. That's not, that's bad. <laughs> so, but the point is like, I wouldn't, I don't even remember the football stuff, right? It's the human side. It's the it's the little interesting stories in the trials and tribulations, just like you talked about that people are interested in. Um, what about this? Uh, one more thing on social media, one more outside the lines questions, if you don't mind. What about this whole cancel culture? You say something on, you got, you have spent a lot of time building up your LinkedIn profile. What if you said something that LinkedIn didn't like, then they just wiped off your, wiped out your profile? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, well, I, I, it happens to people. I, I don't, uh, again, I, I'm not, again i am um... not I'm just not interested. I'm just not interested in saying anything that's kind of, because uh, I think most of that goes back to being politically charged. Like I, I'm I'm an optimistic guy. I'm I'm I've 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 gone through a very challenging time in life, being you know single mom, overweight, drop out of school, have to find my you know get my health back, find a path for myself. Uh, and now, and now I found a lot of success with that, and I, that's what I want for everybody else. So that's the message that you see me sharing. You see me sharing, you yeah. know, how to be a healthier you, how to personally grow, where to go get resources to to better yourself as an entrepreneur. That's my yeah. lane. I, I I love that. I could talk about it all day long, and and uh, and so I, I don't see anything. I don't see myself putting out anything controversial that, uh, that that LinkedIn would shut me off, as an example. But I do see, you know, that uh, people get themselves into a into situations, and but we are living in a time where social media is, you know, they, you could you could people could love you, and then and then they could lose interest real quickly if they don't resonate with, you know, who you are, what you what you've done as of recent, and and. Uh, um, and there should be a, there should be a caution uh, should, should be a caution point there i think we talk about we, we, that's a talk about our kids like hey when i grew up there was no there's no uh, facebook or anything tracking me down there's no <clears throat> there's no pictures of some of the choices that i made when i was 14 15 16 or whatever but nowadays there are you know it follows, it follows, it follows you around for the rest of their life so be conscious of uh, of how you're conducting
0: yourself and how you're putting yourself out there in the world best thing i like about the message you just gave right there and i've said the same thing Make sure you're you're producing positive energy on social media and that you're working to give and help and advise and share. So many people get on social media and spend all of their time attacking and being negative and fighting. It's like that is wasted energy, in my opinion. Just ask yourself, if you're listening to this podcast, when you're on social media, are you attacking and punching and and trying to bring down somebody or are you spending time helping and giving back and making the world a better place so to speak by by sharing your experiences and that's what you were saying and i, I couldn't agree more yeah and i i just you know i even i i highly simplify things too, because i'm a simple
1: person so when i got into linkedin i i realized in my head i go oh linkedin is just like a 24 7 trade show i love trade shows you know what what you do at trade shows you walk by and you, you shake the hand of your friend that you see there. You go and you congratulate someone for a new product that they, that they just right. launched. You yes. go over and someone won an award and you say like, congratulations to you. Like you can do that all day long so much better than going do you walk around would you walk around a show or in person and, and troll people and say ah you suck or or yeah is that really how you know like no one does that and so it's like they hide behind the the mask of social media and yeah i wouldn't suggest that on anyone i think uh, that the world doesn't need any more trolls it needs more optimism it needs more people that are supportive and
0: uh, yes uh,
1: and we can grow this world into a, into a healthier and better place
0: good stuff mike good stuff last question i know we're out of time here so at this stage, after everything you've been through, you're still a young man, by the way, You still got a ways to go. You still got more battles and scars and, and victories and all kinds of stuff coming your way because you're still young, but you have been through a lot for somebody your age. Based on that, moving forward, what is your core purpose in life from here? If you had to define your core purpose in a sentence or two moving forward, what does that sound like? I think, you know, I want to show people
1: that unconventional paths lead to success. Um, and a big part of their success can be from giving back and, and helping other people. That's where, you know, I'm in, right in the process of writing my book. Um, it, it is going to be the basis of my book, my, some of my journey and my personal uh, path, um, but lessons that, that I've learned that I want to help to share with other people that they can create success unconventionally and, and by helping.
0: Love it. I'm looking for what's the name of the book?
1: It's not there yet, uh, but people can go actually to to well either through LinkedIn or mikefada.ca sign up and and uh, it's going to launch uh, uh, right at the beginning of 2023. It's in editing right now, but uh, uh, happy to share that. And I think it's going to be a game changer for entrepreneurs and people that are interested in personal growth.
0: Now, can you put a little section in there that says, "Hey, look, I've been on hundred podcasts, but the best one I was on was RiderFlex, Steve Urban." Can you make like a little note of that? marketing. Mike, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex show. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me again.